Hello there, I'm your host, Maxone, and this is Max on Wheels. This is my first podcast episode ever. In this podcast, will be talking about cars new and old, the icons, the unappreciated, oddballs, and hidden gems. So if you like this episode, please stick around for more car content. So in this podcast episode, we'll be talking about the muscle car trend from beginning to now. So, how it starts? Well, it's been hotly debated. Like the fifth, first starting with the 59 dodge coronet but i'm just gonna go how i like to do it and most other people like to agree with it is the 1964 pontiac gto the gto was a package for the le mans at the same time to kind of put a bigger engine into it and that was pretty much it and put on new badging the price as new at the time was three thousand three hundred and seventy seven dollars and ninety one cents Engine type was a water-cooled V8 cast-iron block. It was a 389 cubic inch power, 348 horsepower at 4,900 RPM. Transmission was a four-speed, and 0 to 60 was 4.6 seconds. 0 to 100 was 11.8. By today's Santas, that is pretty, pretty fast compared to some other cars today. But also at the same year, the Ford Mustang came out. That was also kind of big. And I'm pretty sure that the Pontiac GTO was there to compete with the Ford Mustang. The Ford Mustang came out. It wasn't nearly as fast, but still it had that class in it. I mean, I wouldn't say nearly as fast, but still it, it could actually catch up, but it was slower. The, uh, engine with the most optioned out was a V8 289 cubic inch from 200 to 306 horsepower. That is still pretty powerful. You you can get an automatic three-speed or a manual three-speed to four-speed. That definitely did have some competition with the GTO, but so the GTO was the fastest car so far and for the muscle car trend. Then we're going to go to 1967. This is when the Chevy Camaro comes out, and I was actually pretty su- surprised. With its stock, it really wasn't that fast, but it did do only one reason, and one reason only, to compete and to destroy Mustangs. They had engines 140 horsepower, 230 cubic inch, and a 210 with 327 cubic inch. Performance, 0 to 60 for the Camaro SS, 396 was 6 seconds. Standard quarter mile SS was 14.5 at 95 miles per hour. That was pretty fast back then, but still, the 64 GTO is on top. Then, in 1968, GM introduced the B-body cars, like for the Nova, the Chevelle, the GS, the old 442. This is the 1968 Chevy Chevelle. It was a full-sized car with a pretty, pretty big engine, very, very, and also very, very powerful. The horsepower was 375 at 5,600 RPM. 0 to 60 in 6.5 seconds. Did a quarter mile at 14.5 at 100 miles per hour. Just a little bit faster than the Camaro on the previous year. But then again, it was a full-sized car, so that's what makes it pretty, pretty fast back then. Then we're going to fast forward, go through 69. You know, 69 did have some pretty nice cars, like the Ford Mustang Boss, the 69 Camaro Z28. We're just going to skip that just for now. Then we're going to go right to 1970. 
1970, I think, was, in my opinion, the ultimate peak of the muscle car trend because of just how outrageous the cars were back then. Even though all the cars were slower than the 64 GTO, but they did deliver in the looks department and also the power. And also they were getting bigger too, like the 1970 Chevy Chevelle SS454. With the LS6 big block and just 0-60 to in 5.4 seconds and a quarter mile in 13.1, the Chevy was to reach these quick track times because of the monstrous 454 cubic inch engine that made 450 horsepower. That in a full-sized car, that was amazing. And plus, that car is still super fast in today's standard, but imagine that, brand new, back in 1970. Also, the Plymouth Cuda, Hemi, the 340, all of them were very, very fast. The massive 426 cubic inch big block power plant produced 425 horsepower and helped move the Cuda, Zoo 60, in 5.6 seconds while running a respectable, even by today's standards, 13.5 seconds in the quarter mile, which is Again, really, really fast. The Chevy Corvette, very, very iconic car back then. Very iconic car now. The 454, yeah, the the Corvette was faster because it was a little bit smaller and more nimble. But it came around the quarter mile in 13.8 seconds. And Z60 just in five flat with the same 454 from 1970 Chevelle. Then the Buick GS and the Olds 442 both from 1970, 400 cubic inches, running the quarter mile in 13.9 seconds. Very fast. And then 1970, all Ford Cobra Jet cars, the 429 Cobra Jet or the Torino, could run around 13.9 seconds and having 370 horsepower. And then probably people are debating that this is the best Z28 ever made, the 1970 can make the um, the quarter mile in 14.1 seconds and have 375 horsepower. But by far, I think one of my favorite cars from 1970 was the 1970 Dodge Challenger. It was made to compete with the Plymouth Cuda, but they had a lot of counterparts and com- almost the same parts. You can pretty much use parts from a Dodge Challenger and a Cuda from the same year, and everything will still work. But just as, just they had the same body, but just different grill, different rear end, different front end, different almost the same interior. If you get an Encode Challenger, which is 335 horsepower, which is the lowest, and the highest, which is the R code, pretty much RT, with the 426 Hemi, creating 425 horsepower. Zero sixty. I tried to find it. But I'm guessing around the same about the Cuda, around 5.9, 5.8 seconds, which is, again, pretty, pretty fast. And then people say after 1970, it starts to decline. The only people that was really keeping the muscle car trend going was the Corvette and the Firebird. The, the GTO was canned by the end of 74. But then we get back to 1977, Firebird. By all means, it wasn't fast. What made it very, very iconic, the 77 and 78 Firebird that was used in Smokey and the Bandit. It was the second highest grossing film at the time, right behind Star Wars. 
Well, here's here's the thing. If you watch Star Wars, you can't walk out of the movie theater and buy yourself a Millennium Falcon. But if you go to Smokey and the Bandit, you could actually walk out of the movie theater and buy a Firebird. Like I said again, by all means, it wasn't fast, but it did provide everything the looks could. Looks compartment, 220 horsepower with a Pontiac 400 engine, but it was just littered with um with the mission with the mission devices. And if you just take all of those off, get a little more power. But I'll just put an LS engine into that and just let that baby go. If you want a four speed, you had to get the 400 engine, which was again by by today's standards kind of rare. Yeah, again with the 400 over the other. Other engine options. It received a 10% horsepower boost, which was kind of a lot back then. Yeah, and then kind of after 1981, I think the last muscle car of kind of that era was the 1981 Pontiac Firebird Trans Am Turbo. I'll explain that in episodes later to come. But and then after that, people say, "Oh yeah." The Corvette was was the、uh, was the next muscle car, but it was kind of more focused on a track car than kind of just trying to make the quarter mile, and that's it. And then another、um, car that I think that really deserves to be put out there is the '93 Mustang or '89. Any of the Mustang before two generations ago, I'm talking about the Fox body. The Fox body Mustang was. By far, I think one of my favorite Mustangs ever. It looks really good. The notchback and、um, and kind of the fastback Fox body, I kind of like to say. The options was a 2.4 liter EFI inline four with 88 horsepower at 3,800 RPM, which was totally weak. Oh my god! I mean, that's kind of a disgrace. But if you get the GT version with a five-liter EFI V8, creating 225 horsepower at 4,200 RPM, that was pretty good back in '93. But also the、uh, the notch bodies from that the notchbacks are kind of going down in value, but the Fox bodies are going up slowly by slowly because the Fox bodies are getting more and more rare. It's a rear-wheel drive car, great. A lot of people some pe- use them for drifting. I mean, I'm just an overall just a great car, and if you're in market for a Fox body, I highly suggest getting one right now, if not sooner than later. Then I think came back to the night to the 2000 2002 Pontiac Firebird. These cars were pretty powerful, and plus they shared a whole lot of counterpart with the Camaro at the time, selling a sharing an LS1 V8 engine, creating 305 horsepower at. Fifty-two hundred RPM, pretty pretty fast car. Definitely not the best looking out there for me. It took me a while to to really appreciate and like them. I like because you have often put a Ram air on that, like the、um, '69 Firebird, the '67, that kind of stuff. I really like how modern car companies kind of you have options to relate to the older ones, sixties and seventies, kind of what the Dodge Challenger. Speaking of Challenger, the two thousand eight Dodge Challenger is what I think really brought the muscle car trend back to life. It was the SRT eight powered by a six point one liter Hemi V eight engine that delivered 
425 horsepower and 420 foot-pounds of torque. It had a five-speed manual with auto stick. It makes 060 in five seconds flat and zero to 100 to zero in 17 seconds. That was pretty, pretty nice back then. And then I think the only real muscle car today is, again, the Dodge Challenger and Dodge Charger. Let me explain to you why. I think the Mustang and Camaro are all kind of drifting away from doing the quarter miles. All like, oh yeah, who can get the fastest time around the Nürburgring? Oh yeah, track mode. For me, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. I kind of just want something that can get me to A to B, but also be very fast in a straight line. I don't care if it does like a Nürburgring lap. I, I, don't, really, I don't really care about that. I think the Dodge Challenger really is the only muscle car then, and we may talk about it in later episodes soon to come. Just going to use one for example right now. This, this is the brand new 2019 Dodge Challenger RT Scat Pack. They just came out recently with the wide body kit, which has everybody talking about it. Personally, I just put a shaker or the TA stripes on that and put the hood pins. Yeah, I, I just really like the new ones now but definitely not nearly as much as the original 1970 Challenger. With 485 horsepower, with a 392 Hemi V8 engine, it was it's pretty fast. Pretty fast in today's standard, as you know, the Hellcat, which creates 717 horsepower, starting at $60,000. I mean, I think that's a little bit overpriced because kind of the whole other point of a muscle car being affordable, kind of like the 64 GTO. Back then, it was probably around twenty-two dollars to $23,000 in today's money, but back then, that was kind of expensive for, but that's never, that was brand new. Imagine getting that 10 years later when the price must have gone down. So, SRT Hellcat 717 horsepower, they came out something with the red eye. And one thing I also really like about Dodge, what they're doing now, they are bring back the manual, six-speed. You have an option to get the Hellcat all the way down to the RT to get a six-speed manual. I would go for the six-speed manual any day, and I really love them because you really have control over the car. But Dodge came out with something new called the Hellcat Red Eye which starts at $71,000. Again, not affordable by today's standards, but hey, if you want one, go for it. 797 horsepower. It has the exact same engine as the Demon does, but it doesn't make as much because literally just the hood. Yeah, the hood does not have that big, wide hood scoop on it, giving that, that extra horsepower, but you can just literally replace the hood. I mean, this is literally a Dodge Demon but without paying $150,000 for one today. I think it's a great deal, but it only comes automatic, which is kind of disappointing, which I really, really feel that they should really put it in manual because why not, right? So this is going to be the end of my first podcast episode. So if you like it, please stick around for more episodes later to come. I'm just super excited just to kind of get this off the ground. And thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you guys in the next podcast episode. You guys have a very nice day. Bye.